The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 4th of December 2021. I am your host, Bad Billy, and I got a great show lined up for you as always. Um, Real quick announcement first and foremost. I talked to Matt Connerton. If you remember him, I've had him on the show before. He is the host of Matt Connerton Unleashed on WMNH in Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, I pitched an idea to him to do a weekly segment on his show, paying tribute to farmers that had been murdered in South Africa. Basically, uh, I read about uh, a farmer each week, and uh, he agreed to do so. So I do believe now nothing is quite finalized yet, but uh, that should be debuting this coming Tuesday, which is the 7th of December. So be sure to tune in to uh, Matt Connerton Unleashed. You can find that on Facebook or just Google. You can find the stations, uh, find where it's streaming. Yes, yes, Matt Connerton Unleashed, WMNH in Manchester, New Hampshire. All right, with that said, like I said, got a great show lined up for you. In just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that I recorded with Thomas Crane out of Florida. Now, um, he directs music videos. He's the lead singer of a band called Marion Crane, which actually uh, I believed his latest single was by Marion Crane, and I made that mistake. You'll hear that in the interview. However, uh, that's him as a solo artist. And the uh, What an interesting video it was that uh, you'll hear us talk more about. In the second hour, I have Eric Lorda of the Ringside Reporter. We're going to be talking a little bit uh, combat sports, uh, basically a brand new promotion uh, called Triller Triad, which (laughs) uh, I don't know what to say about uh, this event. It's uh, it's not MMA, and I you really can't say that it's boxing either. Something new, something different, and uh, well, you'll hear my opinion on it. Uh, in the third hour, got of course the icon Stephen James with the Steve Solution, and we've got uh, 
Well, basically, there was a question that was popped to me is how I how can I support one person and oppose another and basically being called a hypocrite for it, which, uh, you know, I could give a shit less about somebody else's opinion, but I'm going to address it a little bit more. And uh, yeah, you'll hear Stephen and I talking about that in the third hour. Before we go any further, I want to cue the latest single by Thomas Crane. This is Monsters Walk Among Us. I'll be back with the interview with Thomas right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Yeah. 
Hey there, thrill seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If you say, I shouldn't be telling you this. At the beginning of a conversation, people will pay more attention to you. Mr. Holland, Mr. Holland, over here, over here. Ma'am, ma'am, please keep it in your pants. I am proud of my heritage. I am a feminist. I believe in marriage equality. I am pro-choice. I am pro-life. I believe that there is a God. I'm not so sure. I am a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I believe there is no God. I'm bisexual. I am transgender. I am unique. I have something important to say. Everything we say is protected under the First Amendment. Express yourself. Don't allow yourself to be silenced. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. 
Omni, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Monsters Walk Among Us by Marion Crane, and it is my pleasure to welcome the front man of Marion Crane. That that would be Thomas Crane to the show. Thomas, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, to get started here, uh, for those who are not familiar with you, not familiar with uh, Marion Crane, or not familiar with Kill Devil Films, why don't you uh, give a little info and tell listeners a bit about all that? Um, well, uh, Marion Crane's a band I started Ooh, long time ago, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And, um, I was pretty much doing that as a musician for a while. And, uh, at some point in time I, I got into video production and, um, started doing music videos for various artists. And, uh, a few years ago, I was able to transition to do video production full time. So that's what Kodo Films is. So now I basically just do music videos about 85% of the time. I occasionally will do other things like commercials or uh, like short films and stuff like that. But uh, music videos are kind of what I'm known for at the moment. Yes. Um, I just kind of dabble in music from, from time to time. Funny enough, uh, Barry and Crane, we actually haven't gotten together in quite a while. We're still, we're still together, but we just, we're not very active because I'm, I'm stay pretty busy with, with the video production. Um, so, well, one thing <clears throat> I better remind the listeners is that, uh, of course, if they remember following the show two years ago, the Halloween special I had for 2019 is when I interviewed, uh, Sean Raven chain of sister kill cycle. And, uh, you're the man behind the production, uh, of a couple of his videos. Yeah, I've worked with Sean. Uh, I believe we did. We've done two videos together, and um, that was actually the, the video I did for Blood Pack. That was one of the first ones I did when I became full time. And we did a. We actually both the videos were kind of like little mini movies. We we tried to pack as much story as we could uh, in both of those. So those those, those were those were both fun. Um, yeah, I, uh, I remember those videos well. They were fun to do. You know, that brings me to one question that I, uh, going back to what I asked Sean, because, um, you know, when I talked to him, it was all uh, pre-COVID, unfortunately, is, um, you know, I, I asked him because there was Blood Pact and, uh, and the other one. Now I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but uh, I asked him if there was going to be a third video to go with that story, and then uh, he said yes. Uh, that that plan was in the making, but uh, I have to assume COVID happened and it just didn't have hasn't happened yet. Uh, it has not happened yet. We we we've had a brief conversation about what a third video could be, uh, but we haven't like put all the ideas together or put a plan in action or not. What was interesting about that was uh, Blood Pact, uh, in the story, Blood Pact is actually the end. Yes. And the second video is Can't Feel. That's a prequel. So if we were going to do another one, it was going to be another prequel. So it'd be like Memento or something going back. <laughs> the story goes backwards almost. 
Well, that's exactly what Slayer did, too, with, um, you know, they started out basically with uh, uh, with what would be the uh, second video in the trilogy that they did um, with when they did Repentless, and then uh, You Against You was actually the first one, and then uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice being the last one. <laughs> and I, so I kind of <laughs> see you taking the example that they set there. Yeah, sometimes it's fun to just play around with timelines, and it also gives you uh, a lot of like creative um, freedom. Um, we actually didn't plan that from the beginning. I'd say after we did Blood Pact and we started talking about another one, that's when it happened. We were like, "Well," because we were like, "How can we? How can we expand the story?" And we were like, "Well, Sean, your character's dead. I don't know how we can expand the story." That's when we were kind of like, "Well." why don't we just go backwards for all of them, you know? And then, then that kind of opened your, your possibilities up. Cause in the, in blood pact, he's a serial killer. And then we kind of had the idea of like, okay, why is he a serial killer? Like what set him off? And that's, that's kind of how the, the, the second video story came, came about. So he, he was a good guy at one point. Yes. Um, he was telling <laughs> me about that too. And yeah, it's, that's where I, where I found out to, uh, at, and I, I'm sorry I never hit you up a lot sooner. That's where I, when I found out who you were, especially when I, I saw that uh, that scene where he answers his cell phone and it's you on the other end saying, basically in your own words, what the fuck are you going to do about what I just did? <laughs> yeah, um, from time to time in the videos, I'll kind of like make a cameo if it fits, you know, and for that one, when we were brainstorming, I think it, I think I was like, "Hey, dude, let me. If you don't have anyone in mind, I'll gladly play this this part because it's fun being the bad guy." Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's always it's always fun to do that. You know, I'm I'm in the same boat with you too because you know, let me let me tell you when I when I was a kid, you know, every Friday night. We used to watch Dallas as a family, almost of all shows, Dallas. And uh, you know, while the rest of the family were, uh, you know, on the side of Bobby, I was, I was, the, I was the the one always on the side of Jr. I I wanted JR. to see what yep. Jr. was what made Dallas. You know. Yeah, I I remember that vaguely when I was a kid. My my I think my parents watched that show too. So occasionally they'd let me like stay up past my bedtime and 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 I had I was a kid. I had no idea really what was going on, but like I remember the show. And yeah, I totally remember you know Jr. being the the heel, the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, J- can't remember that actor's name. He's been in a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that would be Larry Hagman, and yeah, may yeah. he rest in peace. But. Uh, yeah, you know, and it it was f- from there, you know. I I was wa- you know, I watch Star Wars. I'm I'm rooting for the Empire because I mean, th- you got to face it. The villains are what makes the story interesting. I mean, you can't have the hero without the villain. Right, one hundred percent. In any in any you know movie like that, the villain pretty much makes makes uh makes the movie. I mean. You know the 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 good guys, they they have their place. Obviously, they're the virtuous ones, but they have they're 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 a little more um, flat as a character because um, they're virtuous and they're fighting on the side of good. So, 
I, I, they're a little more predictable to me. But the bad guy is like got all kinds of layers to him. Why is he the bad guy? Like, it, you know, and he gets to kind of be evil and have all this fun. And then sometimes they have redemption like Darth Vader did. You know, they, they have this they have a much more interesting character arc to him, in my opinion. Uh, you can kind of just go, you know, various places with them. The, the bad guys are the agents of chaos. The protagonist, or antagonist, I should say. Um, so I've always been attracted to the bad guys, um, just because they're usually interesting, and 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 because their characters are more layered. Usually, the acting's better. I mean, like my probably favorite film character of all time is Heath Ledger's Joker, and I mean he fucking killed that role. And then you know, there's all kinds of subtext of why he is the way he is. He hints at it in the movie. Uh, another one would be Norman Bates. I mean, he's just phenomenal acting, but then again, backstory, why is he this way? What, what skeletons are hidden in his closet? So there's just, the, the bad guys are just way more interesting. You know, and, and as for me, if I'm, if I'm going to, I've never really rooted for the hero of the movie, but if there's an anti-hero there, there you go. I mean, somebody who's, it's got a, got a bit of both the good and the and the dark side within them. That that's what I personally like to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like antiheroes. I'm trying to I'm trying to give some examples. Um, God, Bruce Willis was the antihero a lot. Um, <laughs> Negan. Uh, uh, everyone loves John McClane, but he's not you know someone you probably want to take home to mom. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the antiheroes are, are interesting. They're, that was definitely a big thing, I think, in the 90s, early 90s, especially. The antihero was popular. Yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, got to talk about uh, that song that I just played, Wa- Monsters Walk Among Us. <laughs> the video is very, very interesting. Well, thank you. Um that's been something that's been brewing in my head for a while. Um, actually, that's that's technically not a Marion Crane song. I uh, I kind of put that one out on my own. Um, it originally probably would have been, but we haven't really been doing much uh, together, and our you know everyone's busy with life and, and everything, and I'm busy too. And it was a little bit of a different style, a little bit more electronic um, than what we do. So I kind of just put it out. And, I mean. As I was doing, like, writing the song and the lyrics, that's when the video kind of popped in my head, you know? Like, so I kind of put some lyrical references to my character name in the lyrics. Even though the story really wasn't, like, written yet, but I kind of had an idea, like, okay, it's going to be about this flamboyant serial killer who, who's just over the top. Um, I think when you watch the video, it's, it's obvious that it's, like, it's not serious, serious. I feel like that's communicated. Um, I mean, it, there is social commentary in it, um, but uh, you know, it's it's basically kind of taking the idea of the classic serial killer, and uh, you know, I, I I know I have way too much serial killer knowledge, um, but I was able to kind of put it to use in that one. Um, he's kind of based on like uh, one of my favorite cases of all time is the zodiac case and uh you know the zodiac wrote letters to the press and you know he kind of had a certain vibe to his letters and and it's kind of taking that idea and turn and and turning that character almost into like a cartoon comic book character 
you know, the character I play has got makeup and he looks, you know, <laughs> yes. he's over the top. So, you know, because what I take out of it, and uh, usually if I if I don't have a if if I don't have an artist like yourself on the show, or if I'm or if I'm not talking to a professional fighter, I'm, I'm talking politics a lot, and I'm looking at that video, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, with the 2020 election, the George Floyd riots, COVID, and everything that's going on, why the world is so fucked up right now, you know, racial tensions and all that. It's like, um, you know, monsters walk among us. That's what I got out of it. And then, of course, you're teasing the presidential election, too, in that video. Yeah, it's cool to hear different interpretations like that, um, because, like, that brings a whole new realm of um, thought that I never would have thought of. I I like kind of how everyone can kind of have their own... Yeah, interpretation. Like, because I know what it means to me, but that really does mean nothing, you know. Because once it's released, everyone, you know, you interpret it how you want. And I just thought, like, the title comes from the sort of, uh, for me, it kind of comes from like, to me, what makes serial killers and people like that unnerving is that um, they go and do their thing, and then they just fade back into normal life and they go to work every day and they pay their taxes and they go eat and they go to movies and they're just, they're among us. And then occasionally they go do their thing and then they're right back to their daily, like the, the ability to turn that on and off always was very eerie to me. Um, and just sort of walk among us and fade, fade into the background. And so it became, you know, there's definitely some influence by natural born killers in there. Um, that was kind of the first time I'd ever seen um, uh, something in that vein. But the thing about that is like, that's a story where like a serial killer gets famous and stuff like that. That's a story that could be told in any decade. You know, uh, natural one killers came out in 94. It's one of my favorite movies, but I mean, hell you could tell that same story 30 years earlier, you know, when like the Zodiac and son of Sam were getting press. Um, so it's kind of like a timeless story um, about how villainous characters get, you know, coverage and celebrated. So in our story, obviously, like at the beginning, he's by himself for, I don't know, the first minute or two. And then he starts getting followers. Um, and we made them kind of comic booky characters, too, with the makeup. And, uh, and then him and the followers start getting on magazine covers and then they start getting famous and you know, it, all the, the, the like rock star like things happen to them. They go to Vegas, they, you know, they're in clubs, they're getting rich and it's just, we're starting to get to a pretty ridiculous level. And then I was like, for the end, I was like, well, what would be the most ridiculous thing I can do now? And it was like, yeah, run for president. I mean, <laughs> fuck it. You know, uh, so that's kind of like I can't. That was the last stop of ridiculousness that I could think of, because uh, that's pretty much the the highest, the highest in the totem pole, I guess, for for that kind of notoriety you could get. So, um, so yeah. Note to the listeners too. Even though I discuss a lot of politics, I don't look for politics within everything. I just happen to see it for myself in uh, Thomas's uh, work of art that he put out here. Mm. I'll say that. 
<laughs> fair, fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, but uh, everything was put together very brilliantly. Uh, that the way you did it too. <laughs> so that is definitely a work of art you got going there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was a very fun video to do. It was a lot of work. Um, took about a year to do. Um, not because we filmed for 365 days, but just because of my schedule and everything. Um, I would shoot scenes and then I wouldn't shoot scenes for two months just because I, I have a busy shoot schedule as it is. And I got to kind of, you know, prioritize those, prioritize those first and do my own stuff when I have the time. But uh, yeah, I started filming that uh, a year ago in um, Texas, actually. I was in Texas shooting a band. And in the video, I don't know if you notice it, it's a lot towards the beginning. I'm in like an abandoned uh, uh, building kind of thing, decrepit stairs and things like that. And that was filmed in Texas. We, we, I was already out there shooting a band and they told me in a different abandoned place and they told me about this this that place and i was we went to check it out and i'm like this place is way too cool for me to not like shoot something here and funny enough the song hadn't even been recorded yet <laughs> so but i was like man I, I gotta i gotta do something here so we shot some scenes and i was able to throw it in and then over the next several months we'd shoot a scene here shoot, shoot a scene here you know i did a lot of green screen and, and post production editing and, and, you know, so it would kind of be a mixture of like real life, real, like on location settings. And, uh, also like this sort of comic book, surreal sin city, almost type, like, you know, virtual futuristic looking setting. So I don't know. I like the mismatch of the two. Yes. Yes. Definitely, um, you know, one one that's going to throw some people off too, you know, and uh, I I myself I've I've done my studies into serial killers as well, you know, and like you're sa you're saying, you know, um, how they can uh, go, f they can snap and do what they do, and then go go in into real life and do normal things, and then snap again, you know. I mean, obviously Bundy did that quite well. He he actually perfected that. You know, and then uh, Richard Ramirez too. You know, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Those two guys were, uh, you know, two of probably you know the most notorious, most awful serial killers there were. And you know, I, I I find serial killer cases. I don't like celebrate the serial killers or anything like that. To me, they're interesting cases. Um. To me, I read the the case history, and I'm like, man, I can't believe this stuff actually happened. Um, it blows my mind. So I look at it like just an interesting case. And uh, yeah, those two guys were pretty heinous. Um, they both kind of lost control at the end. Um, you know, like they had control for years, and then well, Ramirez wasn't. Uh, quite as long as uh, Bundy, but yeah, they they kind of lost control towards the end and got them caught. Thankfully, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah, I could talk about serial killers all night, man. <laughs> yeah, can't forget about another one though who taunted the press, and uh, I'd, I'd have to say he was a uh, hundred years before his time, and that was Jack the Ripper. Ripper, yep. Yeah, Jack the Ripper, you could say was ahead of his time. Um, you know, I guess that's sort of when. Um, uh, I mean, newspapers have been around for a long time, but 
uh, that was the first guy to go to that conniving level, you know, yeah, to 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 start taunting the the press and you know, and it's basically uh, there's a uh, there's a term for it called um, an ego killer. Um, like some serial killers are driven because they genuinely like to kill people. Some serial killers like that, like Zodiac and Jack the Ripper, the, we don't know if they really like to kill people, but the thrill for them is taunting the press, taunting the police, getting the notoriety, getting their ego fulfilled, you know? So. Yeah. You know, and I've often wondered that myself. Is it something they thoroughly enjoy, or are they in a lot of pain and this is the only remedy they can, they can have? You know, the, it, it does make you question these things. Yeah, it's it's definitely a rabbit hole to go down, and there's definitely a lot of psychological oh god avenues. I guess you could way to to analyze. So that's what makes those cases very interesting to me. Like these are case studies. These are like wow, like man, like what mental state was this person in? Like you know, what were they getting out of this? Like what did they want out of this? And then you get the nuts and bolts of the case of like what they actually did and. You know, it's fascinating. Yes. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, over the these past couple of years that uh, haven't been so nice to us, I mean, I guess 2021 has been a little bit better than 2020, but still, COVID is out there. You know, I mean, did, did that put a pretty heavy damper, I mean, on, on your projects uh, during that time? Um, yes and no. Like, I do you mean like, as in like, um, just being able to go do things like, uh, like, yeah. like did it put a damper on production? Something you may have, you may have planned out to two months down the road, then COVID hits and, uh, there, there's a lockdown and you can't do a damn thing, you know, things like that. Um, I can't think of a specific one that it derailed, but it did, you know, with, with, with COVID, especially the first year of the lockdowns and everything, um, I kind of shut myself away along with a lot of other people and didn't hardly didn't go out. I mean, I don't think I went to a, to like a public event for eight, nine, 10 months. Um, for me, it was mostly kind of just internalizing, staying home, every idea I had, write it down or record it or, 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 and just kind of use that time to plan for the future. Um, and, uh, I assume a lot, you know, a lot of bands did the same thing. A lot of bands started just writing new music and recording. And, um, so, so on one hand, yes, it, 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 it's, it's been a tough year on a lot of people. Um, obviously the people who, um, who got sick and or died. It's been terrible. Um, it's also affected industries. You know, obviously the whole entertainment industry was uh, on hold for at least a year. Bands can tour. Um, a lot of movies didn't get filmed or release dates were pushed back. Um, I still did a pretty good amount of music videos. Um, a lot of that was because bands couldn't tour. So like, well, maybe we can record a song and, and at least put a video out. So that's one way we can have push stuff to our audience. And, um, 
you know, I'm not like a major studio. It's, it's so like our operations are always been small generally, like on our sets, there's not 50 people and a huge bunch of people. So we were kind of able to do that and work around it, you know, like, and still have like a safe working environment. Cause it's not a lot of people. We're not like a bunch of people closed in, in a small space. So we were still able to do some things. Um, so I don't know. It's been a weird year. I think we all kind of, uh, are still getting back to normal. Maybe. I don't know. Still kind of like get our heads around, uh, that, that weird, that weird, um, adjustment period. Well, I was about to ask, and I think you already answered it for me, but the, uh, what, what do you think, uh, the positives, uh, you can take out of all this mess would be, um, yeah, you're right. I kind of alluded to it a little bit. If there is any positivity, I, I feel like um, now in the next couple of years, there's probably going to be a lot of great art released because you had a lot of artists and, you know, at home writing and, you know, that's all we could do really. Um, write songs, write concepts, come up with ideas. And, you know, I think over the this year, next year, you're going to start seeing a lot of great art released because that's really all we could do. And, um, you add on to the fact of that, like, uh, a lot of great art sometimes comes out of social turmoil. I mean, you can go back to the late sixties, uh, when, you know, uh, a lot of similar things were happening. You know, then we had the Vietnam War protests and, and you know, you had a lot of un- social unrest, you know, a lot of great arts, some, you know, can can come out of that. And I, it's weird. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a chaotic energy that creative people tap into or it just affects their brains. You know, maybe maybe art's just an outlet, you know, or well, it is. But you know what I'm saying? Like that specific time period. So, yeah, I think I think the one positive will be a lot of good albums a lot of good songs a lot of good movies coming out over the next few years yes now you personally as an artist um is there uh obviously singing making music writing songs is one thing then directing the videos make it making the short films and all that is there one that you like more than the other do you think uh, you like them both about equally um <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, music's my first love. Um, that's, you know, I, I learned how to play music when I was like 16. And then I did that pretty heavy for the next like 15 years. So I, that was my first love. I wouldn't have, I don't know if I would have gotten into video production if I hadn't have done that first. Maybe I would have, who knows. Um, I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if I would say I love one or the other more at this point. I think they were both fitting for me at my age and time in life. When I was a 24 year old, I probably would have sucked at video. Um, you know, being chaotic and living on a couch, writing songs was probably what I should have been doing at 24. Now that over a decade has passed. Now I'm a little older. I, um, I, I kind of prefer, this speed of, of video production and and making that a little bit more, um, than I, 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 I would have then, you know, like, so 
I, I would say now, at my age now, I'm very happy with just doing what I'm doing and just doing music for fun. Yes. Uh, I just kind of go on. I'm sorry. No, that was pretty much it. I, I, I feel like it's, it's strange. I, I feel like, uh, the two mediums, I mean, they're related, but they're different, you know? So, uh, this time in my life, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it's a completely different, uh, different times that we're living in too, especially back when you were in your twenties. I, you know, just think about audio production itself, you know, putting together even for, uh, for DJs, putting together an air check required, uh, tape and a razor blade. Now you got, (laughs) you got Adobe audition and, and programs like that. You know, the digital age and the internet has just changed everything so much, you know, artists, who live like in the Midwest don't have to travel all the way to New York or California to, uh, to try to make a name for themselves. Everybody can do it from the comfort of their own home with this digital age we got going now. And the, and video production obviously has gotten a lot easier too. Yeah. And I run into that a lot. I mean, a lot of the bands I work with, they're spread out all over the country. So, uh, you know, for a shoot, I'll have, one or two people locally and they're like, yeah, we got to fly our guitar player from Chicago in and our drummer from, from Dallas, you know, that happens a lot. And in film production is kind of similar. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's in many ways it's, it's, I mean, I guess for, for what I do video, I, I am very happy to live now because the, the technology just makes things, uh, a lot easier just logistically. Um, uh, I, I mean, it means you have to do more yourself, but at the same time, it's just way easier. I, I've never had to deal with actual cutting film. I, and I would, I, I, that just seems like such an extra process that has nothing to do with the art. <laughs> it's just like a logistical thing. Not to mention actual film is expensive as shit. So, uh, you know, now we have SD cards, so that makes life a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you're in post-production and you're editing, it's like, I don't actually have to physically manipulate film. I can click a button and then if it, it sucks, I can hit the undo button, which anyone who edits anything, whether it's audio or video will tell you the undo button is the greatest button there is. Oh, tell me about that. And believe me, I make quite a lot of use out of doing that myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Control Z. That's the, that's the best, best thing in the world. Yes. So, uh, getting ready to wrap this up here. It's been great talking to you. Um, I do have to ask, uh, what, uh, any future projects that we need to keep our eyes open for? Or, um, or yeah, I mean, we're always, uh, was good. <laughs> I said, or is that a secret? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to, I can't go into the specifics, but, um, I mean, we're always booking music videos. So, I mean, those are kind of an, always an ongoing thing. Um, for myself, uh, the next kind of, I'll be doing music videos. I'm not going to stop that at least in the near future. Um, but, uh, I got a short film I'm going to be shooting here soon. I, hopefully within the next month. And then, um, you know, in addition to getting that out there and doing music videos, hopefully we can 
start working towards a feature uh, film because I really like to do it. So those are those are that's the that's the the general overview of uh, what's going on. Well, let me know if you ever need an Idaho redneck that can sling a six gun because I'm I'm not too bad at that. Okay, I, I definitely will. I will keep. I'll write that down and keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, that's uh, all the questions I have for you, Thomas. I want to thank you very much for joining the show. And uh, we're going to hit a music set here pretty soon. But uh, before we do so, uh, why don't you give yourself a plug, tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. you got a website out there. Uh, you know, where just basically let them know where your work can be found. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you can, uh, killdevilfilms.com uh, is uh, our official site. Um, there's all kinds of information there and list of videos we've done and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Killed Over Films is on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we should be the only one when you search. Um, I have my own like Facebook artist page. Just search Thomas Crane. I should pop up. So between those, that's those are all the spots. All right. Well, hey, I really appreciate appreciate your time here on the show. I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And hey, keep in touch. Let me know when you got things going on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. You take care. All right. Have a good one. You too. And there you have the interview with Thomas Crane. Yes. I enjoyed that conversation and I enjoy his music too. So we're going to hit the music set. Uh, coming up, we got uh, three songs by Marion Crane. And I also have Fortagio Blow and Kimberly Dunn in the mix. With that said, be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. And if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? No! 
a guy known for his beer. This letter's from Fumi, with squirrely cheer. Most people would start by asking for stuff, but not this little squirrel. I have more than enough. Though this year I ask for a simple request. I know you're just Santa, but give it your best. As seasons go by, we grow greater complaints of seeing icons of Jesus and statues and saints. For Christmas, I'd like to enjoy it once true, without liberal schmucks burning pictures of you. Some don't like Christmas, and I can't really see why. We get to eat turkey, get presents, and pie. Peter may not like the turkeys, of course, but gifts for the masses. How is that wrong? Folks who hate Christmas scream, tolerance for all, but intolerate difference when it's right at their door. They bitch and complain about Christmas in town, while menorahs and Kwanzas are on the school grounds. It's a known double standard, both simple and true. So I've devised a solution, especially for you. I know you give coal to those who are naughty, but may I suggest something more sporting? I would lace candies with minty fresh poison and give them to morons so they can enjoy them. What better way to put this issue to rest than get rid of those whiners with candies of death? So forget all the toys and stuff on my wish list. I just want to have an enjoyable Christmas. But of course, if you find room on your sleigh for a treat, cream cheese is good and bagels are neat. That's all from the foamy, and I'll see you real soon. And make sure you bring candies. I have morons here too. Ugh. Why do all my letters to Santa rhyme? Damn it. Oh my god, it's Santa Claus! And Joe Biden! My wish came true! He's getting impeached! Now the whole nation's screaming, let's go Brandon! They're trying to cancel the culture, but they can't ban us! I told Santa we need Trump back! Four more years of 45, I'm good with that! I know we all tired of Sleepy Joe! But Kamala is a ho ho ho! Call Common and Vixen, we headed straight to the White House! About to cancel 46, I'ma need some white out! Now I know the holidays are meant for family fun! But this Christmas, I need me a Red Rider gun! Hunter Biden sniffing snow, we on the Charlie Brown! Do Nancy P like Jack Frost and let him melt to the ground! Dashing through the White House, searching for a sleepy Joe, trying to peach him. I check my list once, check my list twice. He's in the basement again. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Patriots all around the world. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Scream it loud, let your voice be heard. We want four more years of Trump. Even Democrats know what's up. We want four more years of Trump. Everybody in the country know what's up. Dashing through the Dominion with fake votes in his hand. They stole the election. We the people know it. We won't let it happen again. Just say no to Sleepy Joe. Just say no to Sleepy Joe. Yeah. It's the mayor. It's the mayor of Magaville. Want to wish all the patriots a Merry Christmas. Trump told me he's coming back to save America. We got your back. Let's go, Brandon. You feel the animal?
bells are ringing and everybody's singing. Just a bunch of old drunk cowboys taking bets on horseshoe flinging. They strung some lights up on the highest tree that they could climb. Now they're dancing downtown, shooting rounds, lighting up the sky. I heard the West was wild and cheer on Christmas. From California to the Rio Grande. You can stay out all night long, just don't leave your guns at home. When you're living in the Western And a good old game of five-card draw that don't take too much thinking. The saloon to be on Christmas Eve has music all night long. Give a nickel to the man in the band and he can play your favorite song. I heard the West was wild and cheer on Christmas. From North Dakota to the Rio Grande. You can two-step all night long, yeah, right up until dawn. When you're living in the Western Wonderland Tommy! Yeah, the West wasn't the best But it was better You can stay out all night long Just be sure to make it home When you're living in a western wonderland When you're living in a western
there is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravantomidnight.com a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with MyPillow. Mike Lindell supports America and we support Mike, but sadly him and his company have been victimized by this cancel culture. But that's not going to stop Mike from making sure you get the best sleep possible and now is the time to take advantage of those savings. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section, click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to 66% off your purchase. And if you act right now, you can get our standard MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98. These pillows are made right here in the USA and are washable. So again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section. Click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. But remember to use that promo code OUTLAW to take advantage of those savings. Or you can place your order by calling 1-800-652-3982. 
And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs Liposome Spray Product. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit, the shit, fuck shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Freak Show by Marion Crane. Before that, Kimberly Dunn with Western Wonderland. Before that, Marion Crane with Kamikaze. Before that, Fertaggio Blow with Let's Go Brandon Christmas. And starting off the whole set, Marion Crane with Kill the Undead. And yes, uh, shout out and thank you to Thomas Crane. Thank you for uh, joining the show and giving me a few minutes of your time. And uh, hopefully uh, we stay in touch and speak again in the near future. So coming up in just a little bit, we got Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Before we get to that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Charles Doty Jr. of Knoxville, Tennessee. This stupid son of a bitch went into a Little Caesars and got impatient because it was taking a little bit long for his pizza, so he pulls an AK-47. All right, let's... uh, hear more about this from WVLT in uh, Knoxville. Here's the news report. Police say a slow pizza caused trouble at a Little Caesars in West Knoxville. They say a frustrated customer pointed an AK-47 at one of the workers there. Our Sam Luther just outside that shop in Cedar Bluff. Sam, you talked to a worker who was there that day. How does she describe what happened? Well, Ted, it was Kimberly Merle's first day on the job here at the Little Caesars on Cedar Bluff Road. Uh, That first day, though, quite an eventful one. Even though Little Caesars' slogan is hot and ready, like you see right there, it took about 10 minutes to get one customer a pepperoni pizza. For that one customer, that was quite the issue. Disbelief that someone would do that over a 10-minute wait on a $6 pizza. 
November 5th was Kimberly Merle's first day at work at Little Caesars in Cedar Bluff. She was just learning the ropes when police say Charles Doty Jr. walked in and ordered a pepperoni pizza. He was told it would be a 10-minute wait. After demanding a free order of crazy bread, then eating it, police say Doty went to his car and grabbed an AK-47. He points the gun up, points it at me, where's my pizza? I want my pizza now. Fear and just like disbelief that this is happening right now. Kimberly then ran to the back of the store and told her boyfriend Noah Beeler what was happening. Beeler says he intervened, speaking to Doty. Calm down, no need to get hostile. And literally right when I start walking up there, and I'm like, bro, what in God's turn is going to your head? He moves his hand off of the trigger and onto the barrel to put it on safety and is like, don't, don't get aggravated. It's like, man, leave. Beeler says Doty left without any more trouble. He was arrested just days ago, facing multiple aggravated assault charges and what police say all started over a 10 minute wait for a pizza. Kimberly wants to remind people. We are not always hot and ready. <laughs> never freaking listen to that. We are not always hot and ready. So the guy holding now, the gun the said, this afternoon, she's I'm sorry, the guy holding the gun said, don't get aggravated. Is that what happened here, Sam? Did he did he we understand he did end up getting a pizza anyway? Yeah, Ted, he did get a pizza. It was not the one that he paid for. Police do say that uh, a customer who was frightened when he walked back into the store offered Doty Jr. that her own pizza in an attempt to get him out the building as quick as possible. It obviously did work. He did end up leaving it. It's important to note, Ted, police say there were no injuries uh, in this incident, and Doty Jr. is currently residing in the Knox County Jail. All right, appreciate it. Sam Luther, thank you. Well, there you go. Now, as much as I support the Second Amendment, some people do not need to have guns, and many of us can agree on that. All right. Without any further ado, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Here we go. Boxing. It'll be scored as a knockout. It's all over. We've got a brand new heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Kickboxing. And there's a big left kick. Two cross match. Mixed martial arts. Professional wrestling. And apparently hell in a cell match is officially underway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion. Knuckle up and throw down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Combat Sports Discussion once again, I am joined by the ringside reporter, Eric Lorda. How you doing, brother? Good, man. It's great to be on. Yes, yes. Good to have you back, as always. Uh, listening a lot lately to the ringside reporter, and it gets really interesting, especially some awesome. of the, call- yeah, it does. <laughs> the callers you get. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's something else, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. 
So uh, this last weekend, or I should say about a week ago, we had this uh, new promotion called Triller Triad. It's, I mean, I thought the uh, bare knuckle promotion was something else. In fact, I highly support the bare knuckle promotion and uh, I enjoy it a lot. This is something else completely. Um, to talk about, uh, first off, the ring is triangular, triangular shaped. And so that's definitely different. But uh, the rules. So first off, they, they wear... They don't wear traditional MMA gloves because they're obviously, you look at them, you can see they're bigger than the traditional MMA gloves, but still they're open hand uh, gloves. But uh, the rules are uh, striking with the hands only um, and, you can, uh, and you can punch within the clinch. You can spin back fist. You can hammer fist. And you can, whereas you, uh, foot stomping is not allowed, you can step or stand on the opponent's foot in the clinch as you are throwing punches. Now, isn't that something? It, it was, they were weird rules, I got to be honest with you. I mean, they could clinch, they can underhook. I, I don't know, you know, and incidentally, I just looked it up, they were eight-ounce gloves because I thought the same thing. I thought they, they were hybrid, they, they, like the MMA-type hybrid gloves where you can grab and everything and grip. Um, so they kind of look like the, the, the stuff that the bare knuckle guys wear, but these were a lot bigger, you know, they were eight ounces. So eight ounces is what, what is MMA is four ounces. I believe four ounce yes. gloves is MMA, I believe. Yes. So yeah, these were double that size, you know, and I kind of be honest, I don't really know what this was supposed to be. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, you have MMA and you have boxing, you have bare knuckle. I mean, I don't know what this is really supposed to be again, man. You can underhook and hammer fist and everything. You didn't see a whole, you know, I didn't see a whole lot of technical stuff, you know? I mean, I, you talk about the main event, like Kuba Pulev and uh, Frank Mir. You know, Pulev is like, you know, he, he's a world-class boxer. I mean, I knew Frank Mir wouldn't have stood the chance against him um, in, in a boxing ring if you're just striking. And uh, Frank Mir is a great striker. He really is. He's very good. MMA striker, but Pulev, I mean, he's on another, he's on a different level. And plus Frank Mir, I think was, uh, he was on the downside of his career. He's on the dark side. I think they're both kind of on the dark side of their career, but I mean, you know, you're playing the other guy's game at this point, you know, it would be like, uh, if takedowns were allowed, obviously Mir is going to win this fight, you know? Um, but it was just, it was just odd. It was just an odd thing to watch from top to bottom. You know, uh, I, I saw some of the, the platinum Mike Perry fight, uh, Again, that was another one. It was just it was just an odd thing to watch. I'm thinking to myself, why why are they doing it this way? Why not just do this bare knuckle? Why not just do this, you know, if you want to put gloves on, do it that way. But bare knuckle seems to be it that's kind of what it seemed like, like an off like a almost like a hybrid of bare knuckle, you know? Yes. I don't know. Well, I talked to uh, Tony Kryptonite Lopez, uh, who's obviously competed in bare, in the bare knuckle ring and um, you know, what I like about uh, the uh, bare knuckle promotions is uh, how they're kind of, they're going old school and uh, they're, but they're still kind of, they're kind of mixing the Marcus Queensberry with the uh, London prize ring a little bit. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, I've, I watched uh, 
I watched Hell on Wheels, which I, I think that was a great Western that uh, AMC put on. And uh, they showed that uh, that uh, when uh, two guys were in a dispute, they had what they called a pugilistic match. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but the way they started it out was, I mean, their hands were wrapped up in ropes. And uh, they uh, they put their they each put their toe on a line and start. Then when the the referee said go, they started throwing punches, you know. And that's what they how they do it in uh, bare knuckles. They meet in the center of the ring, toe the line, and when the ref says go, you, you go. And interesting is that uh, Tony Lopez told me when he was on this show that. Uh, one of the doctors he went to go see felt that bare knuckle was safer because they're not throwing to the head as much. And, uh, you know, here, you know, just like in, in, in bare knuckle, you can, you can fight within the clinch, you know, and it's the same with this Trilla triad, but they're wearing gloves. And so there, it, there's a safety concern right there is, um, you know, cause ever since the days, John L Sullivan, you know, um, back then it, it was a news flash when somebody got hit to the head. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, those fights, there was a reason why those fights went uh, over 20, 30 rounds. You know, I mean, um, there, there were rounds back then where they didn't even punch. They were dodging or they were, you know, whatever, whatever they could do. And then, uh, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of the fights were won by uh, the knockout was actually due to fatigue you know, or maybe taking too many body shots, but um, but uh, what we got here, you know, do, like I said, you know, punching within the clinch, and they're wear, wearing these little eight, eight ounce gloves. It's it that's what uh, concern that I have for as far as safety goes. You know, for me, and it was like a, the team kind of supposed to be like an MMA versus boxing. They had some kind of point scoring system where you got so many points for a win or, or whatever the case may be. And I think it was uh, Rampage's team won. They were he was, uh, going against uh, Shannon Briggs' team, and uh, his team won 14 to 11. I, like, I, I don't know. It just it seemed – the whole thing just seemed odd to me. And the whole thing, like, <clears throat> as I'm watching this, I'm like, this could be, this could be like, contested under bare knuckle rules. I mean, it, there's really no – you know, it was very the, – the differences were minimal – you know, and now if you wanted to put elbows in it, all right, that's a different animal. But I don't know. I, it just, it wasn't really my cup of tea and I love combat sports, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> as I'm watching this, I found myself thinking, why do I, why are they having a whole new event for this? Like they're trying to create like a whole new sport for this. I think that's my, my issue with Trill. Thriller doesn't, they want to break into it, into the combat sports arena, you know, whether it's boxing or whether it's MMA or, or whatever, but they just don't know how, how to do it yet. You know, and that's, I don't know. The whole thing just struck me as a little, I, the, the event struck me as a little odd. It just wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't very good. Put it that way. That's, to me anyway. Well, it's funny. You say that too, because there's Quentin Jackson going that uh, Dana White and Scott Coker should be nervous. And I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like Rampage. I think you've taken a few too many to the head. There's nothing that special about this event, and you're definitely not on, on, on no level of competition with Bellator, let alone the UFC. 
No. I mean, there was nothing special about the event at all. There really wasn't. And, I mean, you know, obviously he's getting paid to say stuff like that. I think Shannon Briggs was saying stuff like that. I mean, they were all, you know, it's their, it's their thing. They're, they're in charge of promoting it. So I, I get it. But uh, anybody who watched that did not come away thinking, like, you know, wow, I got to see that again. You know, I, I don't think there was, there's going to be much call for a second one of these. But, yeah, who knows, you know. I'd be real curious. And, of course, I tried to look it up. I didn't see any uh, pay-per-view, you know, what the pay-per-view, the buy rates were. And uh, that's kind of usually the telltale sign of how a fight goes or, you know, if, if another event happens or it doesn't happen. Because from what I read, there was 20,000 people at the event, you know. But that being said, 20,000 people versus how many, you know, how, how many people actually watched it on TV. That's another story. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, uh, just real quick, and you, you had mentioned this earlier, just to kind of circle back to that about the actual, uh, the event itself, the, the triangle ring, I don't know what that was. I've never seen anything like it. I don't want to see anything like it. I just, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Why, a, you know, why a square or a circle or an octagon or anything, you know, put them in a hexagon. I don't know. But a, a triangle ring just didn't, didn't do it for me. You know, it didn't create any excitement. It didn't, it was just, it just looked weird, you know. It just looked. It was a strange-looking thing, you know. No, I, it. I mean, uh, circular octagon. I mean, is one thing. I think for for uh, an arena has to have, uh, unless unless it's a circle, an arena should have an even number amount of corners, you know. Mm -hmm. So so that that throws the triangle out there because that's only three corners you got. So, you know, I mean, like. Uh, I remember um, um, in the early days of the uh, WEC before uh, it, the acquisition from Zufa that they used to fight in a Pentagon-shaped ring, and that too I thought was right. odd because uh, you know it's an odd number of corners there. So no, a hexagon, octagon, a square, or a circle is what it should be. That that. Uh, Triangular ring looks completely ridiculous. And going back to you said you said twenty thousand people were there, but I don't think they were there to see the fights. Metallica was there. Anybody's yeah, Metallica's gonna sell out a venue. <laughs> yeah, that's something that actually got missed in there too, that Metallica was there also. So, you know, and that's what Triller does. Uh if you watch like their first pay-per-view or whatever, or the I think it was Jake Paul or so, I don't know who, what it was. But they had like bands going on, like they had like, uh, and I guess they were big. And again, I, I don't keep up with the, the the music now, you know. But I guess they were like real popular acts and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, there was a lot of people there. But you know, you, you're you're right. There's got to be a lot of people there to watch Metallica, not necessarily Frank Mir and Kubrat Pulev, you know. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and the way I see it, I mean, uh, sorry, Rampage is full of shit. This. Uh, this event is going to go, this promotion is going to go belly up. I mean, I just don't see it lasting maybe no more. I'm going to give it maybe five more events if they're lucky. Otherwise, this they're going to go bankrupt. Especially. Yeah, they're kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks at this point, to be honest. That's what it sounds like, or that's what it seems like with their, you know, with their promotions, you know. I mean, uh, you know. Obviously, I mean, uh, in, 
I mean, I hate to really bring up politics in this discussion, but uh, you know, inflation is starting is starting to really go go uh, out of control. I mean, you look at our gas prices and prices of food and all that. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, last time we we had a recession back like two thousand eight two thousand nine, we did see at least two fight promotions go belly up. Of course, uh, Affliction and uh, Elite XC, which they they yeah. say they say really had nothing to do with the economy being bad. But uh, I don't know. Everything has every has something to do with the economy being bad. You know, I mean, if you've got a yeah. business, you know, it's. You know, people, you know, people can't afford tickets. People can't afford, I mean, you see the price of gas, you see the price of groceries, you see the price of everything is going up like exponentially. So yeah, that, that all plays a role in business, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, I mean the UFC, obviously I don't see the UFC going bankrupt. I mean, even during the great depression, I mean, boxing really brought in big numbers regardless, you know? But uh, mm-hmm. but smaller promotions, especially uh, idiotic promotions like this, are are just not going to cut the mustard. No, I agree with you 100. percent I think you know if they were serious about it, maybe go after a fighter and maybe put some fights on. Well, they tried. It was the same? The Triller is the same company that bought the. Uh, they paid seven, six or seven million for the Tiafimo Lopez and uh, George Campos's fight that just took place on the zone this weekend. Um, they paid 7 million for that. And then they ended up dumping the fight after they spent, like, I think they spent like a couple million on promotions and then TFEMO caught COVID. They had to delay the fight. Then they wanted to do it in Australia. TFEMO's team said, Nope, we're not doing it there. So they ended up scrapping the fight and then the picked it up. That's why the picked it up. Um, but they won the purse bid for like $7 million and ended up scrapping it. You know, so they don't know what they're doing. They really don't, you know. Yes, yes. And then uh, talking about uh, Frank Mir, he's recently had, uh, he's had issues with uh, with testosterone, having low testosterone. Now, I watched the boxing match he had uh, back in April against Steve Cunningham, and he didn't do too bad, but my question is, who the hell is Steve Cunningham? He, he looked like a decent uh, fighter to me, but he's not ranked in the top 10 or top 25, maybe even top 50. I don't see his name. He was retired. He was retired. Steve Cunningham's, uh, he was USS Cunningham. He was a really good fighter uh, in his yeah. day. Um, he was retired, you know, and he came out of retirement to fight uh, Mir. But uh, he's the guy, he actually fought Tyson Fury, knocked Fury down um, early in the fight and ultimately lost the fight. But Steve, it, actually, Tyson Fury says that Steve Cunningham was actually his toughest opponent. Believe it or not. Um, okay. I, Steve I, was good I, back I in his day, but, you know, I mean, he's retired now. <clears throat> and I saw the, and I, I know what you're talking about with Frank Mir and then and Cunningham. And yeah, he didn't look that great against Cunningham. I got to be honest, but Cunningham clearly won that fight. But it was, uh, you know, I mean, Mir was definitely over his head in that fight. Well, I'd, you know, I'd never heard of uh, Cunningham in the past. You know, of course, I've I've never been the biggest fan of uh, Tyson Fury either, and I've never really followed right. him that closely. But I, I, you know, I got the Wikipedia page. I didn't realize, you know, uh, Steve Cunningham's only a couple of years younger than me. So, so you know, I mean, I'm 47, so he's 45. So yeah, he's definitely yeah. Pa- past his prime. 
And Frank Muir is what, he's in his early 40s as well. And low testosterone and age obviously can't really be, <laughs> be helping him there either. Yeah, and you know, so let me ask you this: like, so in this Kubrat Pulev fight, Frank Mir did not have, you know, granted, but it only lasted about two minutes. That's two seconds less than that. Well, yeah, yeah, it was under two minutes, I believe, and he did not have any kind of advantage in this fight. I mean, he looked awful, I and mean, he really did. And Pulev, I mean, Pulev is not going to stand up against the top ten heavyweight right now. So he's definitely on his way, his way south. Because if he would have, he would have been on this card. You know, anybody. I mean, let's face it. Anybody. You know, they're not going to put like uh, Teofimo Lopez on this card, or uh, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford on this card. You know, you're not going to see him fighting on Triller on this kind of, I guess, an MMA guy. Um, you know, so we know that you know Kubra, you know, Kubrat's on his way out. But the way Frank Mir got handled in this. I mean, it looked like he didn't even show up. I mean, he just got smashed. He just came out there and got smashed. Did and, you, you know, I, you know, where, where does he, I'm going to ask you, like, where does he go from here? I, why does he continue to fight? Because he's not, there's no reason for him to fight. You know, I mean, what is he, like a two-time UFC champion or something like that? I mean, I mean, the only man who ever uh, we, we seen break somebody's arm or, and and not only that he did it he did it uh, what at least two or three times I mean watch what he look what he did to Tim Sylvia you see Tim Sylvia's oh, yeah. bicep pop and then <laughs> I remember that oh god I every I I hate seeing that and then uh, and then what he did to um, Minotaro Noguera I mean Noguera being the submission master that he is. And Frank Muir caught him in that Kimura and popped his, his arm. That's one thing, you know, I think about Frank Muir is like, uh, well, he said a long time ago, I'm not, I'm not looking for a tap. I'm looking to tear your arm off if I get a hold of it. <laughs> I mean, that's. To Noguera. He did this to Noguera. Yeah. I let that sink in for a minute. You know what I mean? That's the guy. That's the submission master right there, man. Yeah. And yeah. Well, right. I mean, he's had a heck of a career. Like, why? Well, you know, the first time I ever saw Frank Mir, he was a he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt, and he took wow. on he took on Roberto Traven, and beat and Ro, Roberto Traven, of course, being a BJJ black belt from Brazil. Yeah, he beat him with an armbar in the within the first minute. <sighs> So, you know, I That's mean, insane. yeah, I mean, and this is when he was a purple belt. So, I mean, Frank Mir was awesome back in his day, but, uh, you know, now he, he's in his forties and why, why he's going into boxing. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a decent striker, not a, not a great striker, but a decent striker. I mean, he, sure. And, but phenomenal submissions. I mean, uh, but point out that he, if he's able to submit somebody like Minotaro Noguera, um, you know, he's at the, he doesn't need to keep fighting and he doesn't need to be boxing and he doesn't need to be fighting against somebody with, with the likes of Pulev who made him look like a human bobblehead. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, and Pulev, like I said, man, I mean, he may be on his way out, but the guy can still hit, and he still knows what he's doing. Let's talk about, you know, do you, what about Dan Mergliata in this fight? Okay, so he got hit. I mean, he was staggered. He was wobbling everywhere. Uh, Frank Mir was after his right hand. He got hit. He was wobbling everywhere. Pulev hit him with a left hand, sent him square into the into the turnbuckle, right? He staggered right into the turnbuckle, was just sitting there. Pulev just looked at him. He just stood there and looked at him and then walked real slow to him, and then Mergliata stepped in to stop the fight. That fight should have been like, what are you waiting for? And um, Pulev decides to jump in and jump on him. Well, they, it could have really hurt him. Well, where did uh, where did Mirgliata go to school for referee and uh, who who taught him uh, Mazagati? Right, it was awful. I mean, that was one of the worst. I tell you what, it was one of the worst referee performances I had seen in a long, long time, man. I mean, you that see, was bad. I mean, like I if, said, if, again, he could have hurt that guy. Like I like I said, you look at Frank Mir and he he embodied the human bobblehead. And, yeah. And uh, okay, um, that should be an automatic standing eight count. Step in, give him an eight count, check him, wipe his gloves. Well, you're too. You can't go. Fights off. Well, and in fairness, I don't know if standing eight was allowed. I don't know. I, I just, I generally don't know what, you know, what their rules were because they had a bunch of real silly rules, but I don't know what their rule was, but when he wobbled like that and wobbled against the ropes, his hands were down, you know, before he got hit with that left hand, that fight should have been stopped. Certainly after that left hand, that fight should have been stopped, you know? And I mean, if, if like I said, if Pulev decided to pounce on him because Pulev knew he was hurt, Pulev knew he was out. If Pulev decided to pounce on him and just run at him, there wouldn't have been a thing Mergliata could have done to stop that fight. And he could have got seriously injured, man. Well, imagine if that was MMA. I mean, obviously, uh, well, first off, Frank Mir would have shot for a takedown if that was MMA. You know, and I, right. th I, I think he would have. But if he would have clipped him on the way in and, and, then, and then finished, it, it could have been a lot worse. Sure. You know, I mean, especially with four ounce gloves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, built billing this up boxing against MMA. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, um, you know, what, you know what this kind of reminds me of as listen. far as promotion goes, it reminds me of like the celebrity boxing, you know, it, like, you know, Danny Bonner dudes versus whoever, you know, uh, the kid from different strokes or whatever. You know, it reminds me a lot of that kind of that kind of like carnival type of atmosphere. Well, we're going to have MMA versus boxing. Next one, we're going to have, you know, these guys versus whatever, you know, this group of people versus this group of people. Um, and it just doesn't, I mean, it'll appeal. It, it's, it'll appeal to people maybe once, maybe twice. But short of that, you're going to lose it. And the reason they pay, and, and you hit it on the head, I mean, you, you, you hit it brilliantly. The reason they had 20,000 people there wasn't, you know, Frank Mir and Pulev did not pull 20,000 people. This event did not pull 20,000 people. Metallica pulled a majority of those people, you know. Oh, I without so, a doubt. Without right. a doubt. I mean, if yeah, Metallica's pretty big, you know. I mean, they're a pretty big band, so. I, the only band that uh, ever... Uh, 
the only band that has ever toured all continents on the globe. So uh, that's amazing. I mean, uh, amazing. Who, who else has gone to Antarctica to play? <laughs> <laughs> Not too many people, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh-huh. um, I I tell you the one fight that I saw the highlights of that I was impressed with, even though he lost, was uh, Matt Mitrione. Now that 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 guy, I mean, I think. You can you can put him in boxing. You can put him in K one. You can put him in MMA, and uh, he, he's going to fare pretty well. He's a fighter. He is a fighter, and and more more than that, he's an athlete. And I think you know he's going to do well no matter where you put him because he's an athlete. I is he? He's like an ex football player, no? Yes, he was. Yeah, him and uh, who's he? Brendan Schaub? I know was an ex football player. Um, oh, but that Mitrione, like I said, man, he's, he's one of the, he's just athletic. He's and, an athletic guy. So no matter where you put him, he's going to do well. You know, and it's interesting you bring that up, Eric, because, um, you know, I was talking to a friend, one of my friends in South Africa, and, uh, he was talking about a, a fighter by the name of Darren Daniel, who, uh, mm-hmm. he fought my friend, uh, Jeremy Smith. And they said, you know, Darren Daniel's a great athlete. But uh, J- Jeremy Smith was a born fighter. So, yeah, athletes can make decent fighters, but uh, somebody who's a born fighter, I'm going to take the born fighter over the athlete at any time. With Mitrione, you gotta you got to mix both there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Fighters are a different breed, man. It's, it's a different breed, you know. And Mitrione, guys like Mitrione and guys like, uh, say, like a Brendan Schaub, no matter what sport you put them in, they're going to be okay. They're going to give a good account of themselves, you know, it's just because of their athleticism. It just kind of, you know, they just have that gift. They just have that athletic gift. Fighters, on the other hand, you know, they're a different breed. They're a different animal in the sense that, you know, you have to bite down sometimes and suffer through a lot of pain to get the, to get get your end result. And, you know, not all athletes can do that. It's it's a it's a mindset more than anything, as well as a skill set. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely a switch that that has to be hit. You know, and fighters fighters have that. Fighters, you have to have that to be a fighter. You don't necessarily have to have that to be an athlete. I mean, look at Pulev and who he's fought: Anthony Joshua, uh, Vladimir Klitschko. You know, uh, who's who? Yeah, uh, who's who? You yes. know, I mean, I I think. Uh, Honestly, even though I think uh, Pulev would have beat Matt Mitrione too, I think it would have been a lot more competitive. Yeah. You know, Frank Mir was yeah. just, was no competition in, in a in, in a striking sport. No, and I think Mitrione definitely would have been more competitive. I think the end result would have been the same, but I think he would have been more competitive. Frank Mir, I, I don't. I mean, he didn't look. Uh, he, he's looked in. Sh- he's looked in better shape in the past. I'll say that. Um, and also too, like a guy like, uh, Frank Mir again, man, I, sometimes, sometimes people age in that ring a lot faster than others. You know what I mean? Sometimes you tend to go downhill after a fight sometimes, you know, but we've been noticing with Frank Mir, you know, that steady decline for a while now. And would you put him in there? Let me ask you this. Would you put Frank Mir in MMA against any top 20 guy? Oh no! Absolutely not! Absolutely right. not! 
There you go. So why on earth would you put him against a guy who, you know, again, who's fought a who's who, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was a mismatch. When I heard about it, I'm like, whoa, I'm like, that's, that's bad. I don't care what kind of gloves you're wearing, but if you cannot take, if, if he's not able to do takedowns and everything, you're going to lose that fight <laughs> 10 out of 10 times. Now they're talking about uh, the possibility of 49-year-old Shannon Briggs uh, and uh, Quentin Jackson in the next uh, in the next event that they have. I mean, uh, how is this even marketable? I don't. You know what? It will be marketable. Believe it or not, it will be marketable because those two guys have such great charisma. They really do. There's something about those two guys. And, and I was watching a lot of the lead up to this fight. And they're funny. They're both really funny guys. They're both likable guys. They're both, you know, they've got something. They've got that charisma there, you know. And, and yeah, I think that fight, I don't know if it sells on pay-per-view. I know I probably, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. But uh, it's definitely a marketable fight. I mean, if you if you got two guys like that promoted, it's definitely going to be marketable. Now, once they get in the ring, you know, that's a different, that's a different story, you know. You know, it, it, I mean, I'd have to give the edge to uh, Shannon Briggs under these type of rules, but I can't, you know, one thing, though, is you cannot count Quentin Jackson out because back when he first started with Pride, he got an invitation to K1 with, an, with no boxing or kickboxing experience, mainly wrestling. He still won. Yeah, K1, I mean, you know, in K1, in, in Rampage can hit. I mean, no question about it. Rampage can hit, but I, I would definitely have to add Shannon Briggs in this one. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, if he can't, if, uh, again, man, if you're not allowed takedowns or anything like that, yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, nah, I can't imagine Rampage winning that fight. No, but, uh I guess even though I I enjoyed the Matt Mitrione fight, I mean I just the event was a joke. I mean it really was. It, it it's a it's a circus that really has no business in combat sports whatsoever. And I hope it gets shut down. I really do. Yeah, I mean if you know if they wanted to do the regular rules, either you know uh, the bare knuckle boxing, boxing or MMA rules or whatever the rules that are already established. You know, I, I think it would be a better event. I really do. But that, that triangle wing has got to go. It's awful. Uh, it, it just, I don't know, it just wasn't my cup of tea, man. And, and you and I both like the crazy part. You and I both like combat sports, you know. I mean, you and I both like watching fights and everything like that. And it sounds like neither one of us would really, uh, you know, we wouldn't move to buy this fight, that's for sure. Yeah, n- not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, it's... I'd, I want to see this promotion go belly up. I don't, I, I see safety issues, which is my biggest thing right there is, you yeah, know, okay, absolutely. You know, I mean, I've been watching MMA from the very beginning when it was in HB, you know, and I've watched it come, come from the ground up, you know, and a, a promotion like this I, to me is an insult. It's a slap in the face to boxing and it's a slap in the face to MMA. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> All right. I hate to say it, but we are out of time, Eric. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And before we go to the upcoming music set, uh, why don't you go ahead and give the Ringside Reporter a plug? 
Absolutely. You can catch our show, Ringside Reporter, on uh, ringsidereporterlive.com uh, at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. And you can follow me on Twitter at ringside73. Also, uh, yeah, one other thing to note, too, is uh, replays of the Ringside Reporter are available on the AOW Radio Network on uh, at uh, 2 p.m. Uh, 2, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays. So, yeah, for that, just go to aowradionetwork.com. Again, Eric, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll have, have talk again once something interesting comes up. So, Absolutely, man. It was great being here. Thank you so much. You bet. You take care. All right. All right. There you have the discussion with the ringside reporter, Eric Lorda. Yes. It's time to go to our next music set. Coming up, we have Shane Smith and the Saints. Going to be followed by Psycho Stick. Third Base, Morgan Wade, and Derwood Douche. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs>
here. What's this? Your Christmas gift. What, what the fuck is this? It's a ninja. It's some weird little plush toy ninja. Not a real ninja. I wanted a real ninja! Loophole. Loophole? You said you wanted a ninja. You didn't say it couldn't be a plush ninja. Fuck you and your loophole! Dude, the only reason you even got that was because you threatened to have a gang rape me with my own severed limbs. So, just in case you were serious, plush ninja. You know, fucking loopholes! Well, be more specific next time. Frankly, I didn't even think you'd remember. Yeah, it's kind of hard to forget a threat like that. Hmm. So limb raping really sticks in your mind? When it's my limbs... Yes. So, if I said someone else's limbs, you probably would have forgotten. No, I wouldn't have forgotten. Hmm. The female mind is so complex. Yeah, we're tricky bitches. Now go play with your ninja. Eh, I suppose if I shoved this far enough up your ass, it could probably clog an artery or something, right? Why is your mind so violent? I don't know. Christmas in Connecticut gives me violent thoughts. Snow, wreaths, illuminated paper bags on the side of the road. Who does that? Fire hazard is what that is. Dude, just... Just go away. Come on, Ninja! Let's go draw some flaming paper bags and try out Christmas trees! Woo! Oh, yeah. Good job giving me a present in the middle of a blizzard! Why don't you wait till we got inside? This is ridiculous! Freezing my nuts off out here! Not acorns. <laughs> really cold. Ho, ho, ho! Spread some cheer Grab your wallet Time to spend Most wonderful time of year Hiding presents In your closet Hoping that they Won't find out Seasons, greetings Obligations Manufactured lies From the greeting card la 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 Everybody's dropping money on the don't like Tis the season to be Adding to the bottom line Let the door! Please. 
Watch your laugh, fuck you, don't clap to this Your horse came last behind the cactus Back to strong, you thought wrong the fallacy The groove will whip and flip Cause it has to be in there Like Belvedere in his underwear I'm the new year, my dear, so make it clear I'm gonna ask, do you wanna live small? Static, not true, none at all Why meddle in the middle of a rocket? Subsist only on snapping hand. Not these hands of mine holding, flipping, slipping, clip your flat top to Caesar. Ease your ego. I go toe to toe, throw my voice like a bow, my yo yo. And ho ho ho, on the mic is life support. The tour to come static in my sport. I swing to this, surf swings to that. Imagine notice, they always wear hats. Boots and loops produced by Prince Paul. Slap your skull, no static at all. To a fat rope, dope, goofy link, or an earring. Hand not groping for stabbing, but the hand is used against skin. Skin the cream, but it seems to still rise. For some who live small, now live life size. All of livers in my swingdom. Groups and troops get friends and they bring them. In goes props, so pop till the morning. Home to the young pups still snoring. Wake up your black head and heat the call. Ayo, no static at all. DJ Tricks, the AKA code name Richie Red. Straight no chase, the iron hat, he's rich, form on 12 tents, flipping the beat. Some bust nuts, daddy rich, bust cuts. Such transform open rhythms on dust. I rush this rhythm. Like Mingus, I swing this joint, no static to sting this. A bitch is broke, who's snapping gyro? Scabs can't grasp what only the fly knows. Got skins, no land on scheming. Scandalous hooks grab on the ones claiming. Steaming vets in my rhyming tents. Open up shop. Chopped off the hand, now put off punks, I jumped off erratic Stashed away like old drawers in my attic One drawers on my leg, figures what I said Slack on Jolly Ranch or Orange Pest Step, this ain't no collect call So peace your feet, no static at all True
presents are opened and dinner is done. The ball games are over, the other teams won. So if he seems a little out of sorts, already bored with his new Christmas shorts, you can give his spirit a lift with just one more gift. Just a little Christmas blowjob will brighten up his day. Just a little Christmas blowjob will soothe his care away. You'll hear the church bells ringing. He'll grab your bouncing curls and festoon your face till it's dripping with pearls. Just a little Christmas blowjob will wrap up Christmas Day. Just a little Christmas blowjob will brighten up his day. Just a little Christmas blowjob will soothe his care away. You'll mumble Merry Christmas and oodles of good cheer. And then he'll reply, can the chit-chat, my dear. Just a little Christmas blowjob will wrap up Christmas Day. We'll wrap up Christmas Day. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org X-Point at night, real country dark. You look up at the sky and see everything you've been missing living in the city. You had no idea there were so many stars. No city lights, no traffic noise. You can actually hear your thoughts because you can actually think without distraction. When morning comes, the light breaks over a surreal nine square miles of unobstructed vista. And you think to yourself, this is a good place. It's quiet, it's safe, and it's beautiful. 600 steel-reinforced concrete bunkers sit on X-Point. They're 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, and have 12 and a half foot high ceilings. The price is $45,000, which is very cheap for what you get and where you get it. In times of natural or national emergency, this is the place you want to be. It's a community, not a commune, and the people there are like-minded. Send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com and let us connect you with X-Point. X marks your spot. That's the point.
Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jiggs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats, that's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. Ammon Bundy is not liked by the mainstream media who spews lies about him, all because he stood up and will continue to stand up in the face of government tyranny. The mainstream media has even dubbed him a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist. The truth is, Ammon Bundy is neither of these. He is a God-loving family man who is willing and ready to fight for all Idahoans, for your constitutional rights and your property rights. Ammon Bundy is endorsed by Ron Paul and Roger Stone. In 2020, President Donald Trump offered money to states that declared they were in a state of emergency. Idaho had only one unconfirmed case of COVID. Idaho's current governor, Brad Little, put Idaho in lockdown so he could make more money to line his pocketbook. Despicable. Brad Little is not working for the citizens of Idaho. Ammon Bundy will. Vote Ammon Bundy for governor of Idaho. Visit VoteBundy.com and keep Idaho, Idaho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And Neutronics IGF-1, making men, men again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Durwood Douche with The Christmas Gift. One of my favorite Christmas songs, and fuck, it's funny. I love it. Before that, Morgan Wade with Wilder Days. Before that, third base with no static at all. Before that, psycho stick with N-O-E-L. 
And starting off the whole set, Shane Smith and the Saints with Hail Mary. All right, so I got the icon, Stephen James, with me. We got some something very interesting to talk about. So with that said, it is time for the Steve Solution. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance. That's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws, it's not even funny. And if there's ever a whiff of that, I think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified. And certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time. This is the Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. Well, thank you very much there, Billy. And by the way, might I say you are such a talented guy. You make John Lennon look like John Legend. Okay. (laughs) All right. So usually these are topics that you pick out. However, uh, you needed a topic. I kind of picked one for you. And And I'm so glad you did. So I've interviewed Ammon Bundy here on the show. A couple weeks ago, I um, attended the uh, convocation here in Twin Falls and went over Ammon Bundy's speech and gave my input on it. So people are asking me, a couple of people have asked me, how can I support Ammon Bundy and oppose my idiot of the week from a few weeks ago, maybe I think a a month or two ago, uh, New Hampshire Representative Stacy Lawton, when they say, well, they're both criminals, Uh, you support one and oppose the other, that makes you a hypocrite, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Well, I'll, Stephen, this is actually your segment. I ain't going to take it over too much, but uh, I'm going to. I'll go go into my my thing a little bit, but uh, I'll let you uh, continue from here. Well, first off, um, let's stop with Stacy because his name is Barry. I know, I know. Well, and first off, you know it's one thing if you're going to change. You know, if you're going to be a, a transgender person, you want to be called by you know, a different name. Okay, fine. You know, if you're Adam and you want to be Anna or you're, you know, uh, whatever. And I don't care. And he hasn't had the surgery yet. I mean, and he also, one of the most unprofessional things, it's rumored that uh, he sends pictures of his dong to people. Well, I mean, hell, who amongst us hasn't done that? Yeah, but uh, I, I don't get uh, this. Is this is a this is a politician, a representative? You got to hold yourself to a higher standard than that. And you know, anyway, you were saying. Oh, well, number one, I, I get that if you're going to be a transgender person, you're going to change your name to reflect your chosen gender or whatever that bullshit is. Whatever. Uh, we're not even going to get into that because we don't have the time today. And we won't discuss the incredible amount of mental illness that is involved in that. However. Well, I'm not going to go there. So um, I don't give two shits that Stacy's transgender. This, this is about the crap he has done. 
is why I oppose that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be right. I wouldn't be showing support for Caitlyn well, Bruce Jenner. I bring that up because this person now going by Stacy Laughlin was originally Barry Charles Jr. I think I got the last name right. I know the first one was Barry, but it was Barry Charles Jr., correct? I think so. I never got the full name. I know the original name was Barry. It's now Stacy. I mean, and, you know, I mean, hey, there's some cool dudes with the name Stacy, like uh, Mr. Mike Hammer himself, Stacy Keach. Oh, I, I have no problem with, you know, changing. I mean, first of all, the actors do it all the time. That's whatever. But typically, transgender people keep their surname. Because they're not changing where they came from. They're changing who they are or whatever. I don't understand the concept. And I'm not going to pretend it. However, if you're trying to perpetuate a fraud against people, you not only change your first name, you change your last name. So that maybe you hide your trail a little bit better. So when Barry changed his name from Barry to Stacy, I typically, and again, not talking about the criminal stuff, the transgender thing, I would have dealt with fine, whatever, call yourself whatever. But why are you changing your last name? Because you're trying to hide something from the American people, particularly in politics. Okay, but I mean that's not. I mean the the surname, whatever you know. I mean that's that's irrelevant to the point, though. Um, no, not to the extent that. I mean, when you think about the fact that when he ran for Senate and got elected, was after the change of the surname. But uh, let let's uh, you know. Let's talk about the, um, the, the charges here. I mean, this is a person who called in a bomb threat, uh, elected to office sometime before 2015, called in a bomb threat to a hospital, had him evacuate the hospital, you know, and, uh, of course, forced to resign from office and then uh, did some jail time. And then, lo and behold... He's re-elected, re-elected, and then also wrote in as selectman in this uh, about a month ago. I mean, the people of Nashua, somebody told me the people of Nashua, New Hampshire, just have this history of bringing in corrupt officials. Corrupt officials is one thing, but you're talking about an individual that not only change their name, change their sexual identity and gender. Didn't you? No, no. Until, until he gets his dick cut off, he ain't changed his gender. Well, I mean, legally speaking. Changed everything about himself, including his entire name. So that when the newspaper, you know, reporters ran a name check, they didn't get information. 
you and won an election that way. But that's not the thing that fucks with, with me the most. Yeah, it's very dishonest that he changed his name completely. Okay, that's fine. I mean, the criminal charges, and there's there's more charges coming up, too. Um, we know about the, the um, alleged credit card fraud. We already know about the bomb threat. That's not alleged at all. And uh, also... Misuse of 911, and also this person has a, a history of phone harassment like our good old buddy Fresno. Yeah, calling 911 because you couldn't get a cab ride home. So you called 911 so that they would send in ambulance to pick you up at the beach, drive you to a hospital that is closer to your home, and then take a, a cab from the hospital to your apartment, which, by the way, was public housing, and then not pay the fucking cab driver. Wow. So my biggest problem with all of this is not even that particular individual as fucked up as he is. My biggest problem with that are the voters of New Hampshire. And I'm sorry if you live in New Hampshire and you happen to understand and agree with us, please go slap the fuck out of your neighbor because what in the hell is wrong with the people of New Hampshire? Well, it's not so much the whole state, but the city of Nashua. Now, to get to get to the point here, though, how can I support Ammon Bundy and yet oppose and talk shit about Stacey Lawton? Well, for well, two things. One's a Democrat, one's a Republican. So, no, it's not even that. I'm taking that out of the equation completely. It's not the political party. Uh, it, but more along the lines of patriotism, I've... I mean, you you already say you disagree. I refer to Ammon Bundy as a righteous criminal. Now, his to go to the history on him, his family arrived uh, so not too far from Las Vegas in that in that dreadful, god awful desert um, over a hundred years ago. Because you know they're, uh, they're they're Mormon, they're LDS, uh, so be it. You know. Um. Brigham Young wanted nothing to do with this spread of land. So the Bundys' uh, ancestors, they said, we, we'll see what we can do with this. And for many generations, they have lived on this spread of land. And then they have the deeds to it. And then the FBI and the government, they think they can infringe on the water rights, go in and kill their cattle and all that. And don't fucking say... That, oh, Native Americans, that's probably, no, there, it was virgin land. Not even Native Americans wanted to live there. So this land belongs to the Bundy family and the FBI and the officials that have, that showed up there in 2014 had no fucking business being there and going after their cattle and trying to take away their water rights. So I don't disagree with that. So so yeah, that I mean they if they 
if they had to take up arms against government tyranny, so fucking be it. Stacy is not Stacy as mental illness issues. I mean, if she heard this conversation, you'd be you meanie transphobes. Barry, uh, Barry. I'm going to say Stacy. That is the legal I'm, name. Name. Okay. Yeah, tomato. 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 As uh, Eddie Murphy said in Coming to America. Mama named him Barry. I'm going to call him Barry. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, these are two different people, two different types of so-called criminal activity. One is a deliberate criminal credit card fraud and all that. The other stands up for his constitutional rights and is not afraid to go to prison over it. My only difference and disagreement with you over the whole thing in Nevada was the way they handled it. I don't agree that, and this is coming from, you know, me being former law enforcement. You can't, in this country, the great thing about this country you can avail yourself of the criminal justice system and they had the means to do it. You do not stage a coup. You do not threaten and attack law enforcement. But then at the same time, when, when policemen break the law, there is no law. I don't agree with that either. So I, I don't think one cancels out the other or anything like that. When, you know, it's been made very clear, you know, um, when this gentleman was repeatedly kicking a police dog, the law does not, you know, separate the fact that this was a canine. He assaulted a police officer, period. I don't agree with that. And he antagonized that situation. Now, do I agree to the fact that the federal government was saying, you know, hey, you're grazing on public lands. Uh, you can't do that. Well, first off, the fact that you say you're grazing on public lands, he's part of the public. The cattle should have been able to graze there. I have no issue with that. I disagree with the way they handled the situation. And then, it should have been handled in the courts and with peaceful protests, not the way they handled it. And then all this shit with the masks in Iowa and you, all that. You mean I, Idaho? <laughs> Idaho, whatever. Sorry, I think I just cost you like four listeners in Idaho. Either way, if the court has a mandate that you wear the damn mask, then you wear the damn mask. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You can protest it all you want, but you still have to fucking do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, he didn't want to wear the mask. I mean, uh, that's, that's one thing, too, that uh, did kind of put him back. 
as a, you know, a few, a few minutes wearing a mask as much. I hate those fucking things. And I, it's, it's oh, so do I. time to start burning them. Um, and hey, there's a new thing. The way feminists used to burn their bras, anti-mask people, we all need to start burning our masks in public. Yes. Yeah. They've already oh. done it in New York. Well, I've spent a lot of money on those things over the last year, so I don't know if I want to, you know, yeah. see that money go up in flames. Especially the way this bullshit is going, I'm probably going to need them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're probably going to do it again. Oh, this, uh, this bullshit South African Omicron variant, whatever, it's another one that's survivable, mind you, but... Oh no! Yeah, as a matter of fact, less deadly. They're like, "Hey, this one's not quite nearly as bad," and yet they're like, "The whole world needs to be in a panic." Yeah, um, that, this this one is less. It's more like a common cold. But yes, we should all panic. Uh, fucking god! Now, but uh, you know, come twenty twenty two, I. I am going to, uh, hopefully I'm going to see Bundy on that ballot. I'm not going to see Brad Rhino Little. You know, because I... Well, I got to say, in that regard, um, I want to say, you know, to an extent, the two dogs that you're talking about, um, Barry and, uh, what, what is... Bun Ammon Bundy. Bundy. Stay... Uh, Stacy, fuck. Barry and Bundy are on. I will agree with this much. The law is perfectly allowable for either of them to run. While I disagree with the uh, people of New Hampshire and think they're fucking stupid, they purposely elected this individual for whatever goddamn and, reason. And selectmen last one month ago elected to Nashua city council selectmen, whatever. And you know what? He was a fucking write in. Right. I'm also going to say that I'm sorry, but I don't think the people of Idaho should elect this uh, gentleman because I don't think Mr. Bundy deserves to represent his state as governor. Oh, I think now, he's, we're going we're gonna to go to battle on this one because he, he's... Well, I told you from the start, <laughs> we are going to disagree on this one. Because... Because, well, I'm a very, very heavy supporter of law enforcement. And to a certain extent, obviously, you very much are too. I don't see, you know, this is the same guy that, you know, went out there and, you know, criticized President Trump for stopping the Mexican caravan from crossing our border and then turns around and holds off police, defends Black Lives Matter. How do you support that? He doesn't support them fully. He, I mean, supporting them at all, in my opinion, is I mean, bullshit. I understand. I understand that. 
But you got to understand, too, we have a governor right now who we only had one unconfirmed case of COVID. And President Trump at the time said, well, here's uh, so much money if you declare a state of emergency. Brad Little declares a state of emergency with one unconfirmed case so he can fill his pocketbook. I don't see Bundy being corrupt like that. To a certain extent, I will, I will agree with you on that. I'm not saying your current governor is great. I'm not going to say my current governor, who, by the way, I voted for here in Arkansas. So did I. I voted for Brad Little. So, yeah, we're both guilty there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going. I will not defend every single member of my party just because I'm a member of their party. But I'm not going to. Pick this, honestly, he's a fucking psycho. And he's looking for a fight just to have a fight. <laughs> and, oh, I can't begin to disagree with you more there. Now, Stacy Barry is a fucking psycho. I mean, and. Oh, I don't disagree with that. And, and if, the, if the LBGTQ wants respect, if, you know, Stacy. People like this person set them back. Well, obviously not because the dude got elected to Congress. So. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Most of the people of New Hampshire, I really question the legitimacy of the election because most of the people I'm talking to in New Hampshire don't like him, want him out. I question the intelligence level of the people of New Hampshire, which also makes me wonder why the New Hampshire primary is the first. Yes. The, uh, what, what are the West Wing called? The presidential wine tasters of America? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I disagree with either of these people. You know, being able to hold public office. I do agree that both of them do have the ability to run for public office, just as I agree with, you know, anybody to run for public office. Should they win and serve in that public office? No. Unfortunately, yes. that's not for me to say. That's for the people of their state and district. That doesn't mean those people are not fucking morons. <laughs> now, Bundy's not a moron, but. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a moron. I think the people that are going to vote for him might need to take an IQ test. And yes, I know I lumped you in with that. I'm not stupid. And I apologize <laughs> for dissing you, but that's that I'm anybody that thumbs their nose that hard at law enforcement when you can avail yourself of the court system in this country. I I disagree with that person. Okay, so we don't have very much time left. This is really our first debate, but that's that's cool. I mean, Hey, it kind of is, isn't it? You know, I mean, hey, you're still my brother. I still love you. But, uh, you know, I couldn't disagree with you more. Um, hey, man. But hey, I can I can disagree with 
so many people politically and still love them very much. And that's my case with you. I love you very much. I might disagree with you on this. We agree on so much else. So yeah, well, no, I do no want to. This is the one thing I am. Uh, I heard something uh, before we wrap this up that I actually like the sound of. Instead of defund the police, defund the FBI because I'm starting to see no further fucking use of them. Eh, now, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that. <laughs> However, one thing I did see on uh, Facebook or Meta or whatever they're calling it this week, I thought you would like this one. Well, what's that? The prison system in the United States does a much better job of taking care of pedophiles than our court system does. Or, I'm sorry, the inmates of prisons in the United States does a much better job of taking care of pedophiles than our court system. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, I already know of some inmates that I'd like to shake their hands. I, You know, I always don't care about those people's crime. I'd like to see them... Uh, unless their crime is especially bad, I'd like to see them pardoned for murdering pedophiles. Yes. Anyway, we are out of time. Going to wrap this up here. Going to end the show with Cashbox and Iron Mountain Train. But what's on tap for next week is to be determined. All right, Steven. So uh, <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun. And boy, did it go by fast. So. It went by a little too fast, and who knows, maybe next week we may pick the topic back up if uh, some more stuff comes up about these people. Yes, indeed. If not, we'll find something new. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition, and I'll be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. Hey!
Perhaps you're in a band, or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of outlawradioabs.com. Get Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden nutritional support system. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. Click on the We the People holsters banner in the Outlaw Radio store. Get the best night sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's My Pillow pillows and other products. Click on the My Pillow banner in the Outlaw Radio store, use promo code OUTLAW and save up to 66%. Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. 
With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at Etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. Mark your calendar and make plans now to experience Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. Take the whole family and enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock and red dirt. Artists performing include Colby Cooper, Lainey Wilson, Ellie Mae Mellencamp, Cliff Miller, Austin English, The Steel Woods, Shane Smith and the Saints, Sam Riggs, and more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2022 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, Snake River Pool and Spa, and 95.7 KEZJ, Southern Idaho's new country. Have a great time while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. That's Highway 30 Music Fest 2022, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions.